0: Welcome to the Open Paddock Rallycast presented by Oz Rally Pro. This is episode 110, and in this show we chat with Oregon Trail Rally Clerk of the Course A.J. Rossiter. We talk about setting aside his helmet and sliding sideways at BMW to take on one of the most challenging roles as an organizer, as well as some of our favorite moments from the final round of the ARA Championship. You also hear from some of the competitors I caught at the end of one of the stages, so crank up the heater in your shop and join us for another round of the Virtual Rally Pub we call the Rallycast. I'm your host mike sean thank you for joining us we recorded this show just before thanksgiving so apologize for getting it out so late between holiday stuff and the amount of work stuff I've been trying to uh, cram in at the last weeks of the year it's been kind of busy so i uh, just been a little bit burned out to get these done as quickly as i'd like it's also been a really tough two years to be honest some of you may know that i'm a systems admin for a dot com that's heavily involved in the cruise travel industry and as you can imagine this COVID thing's made life kind of challenging. Anyways, uh, things are kind of tough, and I may be job hunting soon if things don't improve, but maybe things will end up being just fine. Uh, going to be holding out for a little bit longer. It's definitely been kind of tough, so a little bit of extra stress there, and that's also been kind of weighing in on my uh, attention span when it comes to doing these. Anyway... Enough about me. One of the cool things I like about this episode is that we got to include some uh, audio bits from a bunch of the competitors I caught at the end, uh, the first running of the Mary Hill stage. And so it was fun to uh, do stage end kind of reporting again, which I haven't done in a while. Didn't get to more stage ends. I would have liked to, but uh, I was also performing a role for ARA and uh, couldn't spend that much time out at stage ends. So, but it was fun to get the ones I did. So uh, make sure you listen through to hear all of those. Anyways, We'll be back with A.J. Rosser right after this. Go, five right, short over, crest into second, small crest, 40, full F-plus nips.
1: Hi, this is Alex and Rihanna angel from Oz Rally Pro, Advanced Rally Training.
0: Are you new to rally or have you been rallying many years? No matter what your experience, we can progress you further. Our classes are team training, driver pace note training, or co-driver training that are tailored to each individual or team. Email osrallypro at gmail.com for further details. Well, as I said in our intro, we have AJ Rossiter. Here with us to go over a little Oregon Trail Rally Review. AJ, welcome to the Open Paddock Rallycast, man. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm doing fabulous tonight, mainly because I've already got my drink in hand.
1: Ah, you're prepared. Of course, exactly. What are you drinking? I've got uh, grapefruit and chill. It's a uh, uh, cider by Schilling. Oh, nice. I've been liking some of the
0: different ciders out there. For me, I am going with a, a warmer beverage, still adult in nature. I made myself a hot toddy.
1: Oh, good for you.
0: Was it just a little bit of lemon, some honey and whiskey and hot water. Simple, warm, yeah, something with this uh, chillier weather. It's all, like, foggy this morning and cold out, and, like, this sounds like it would go with that theme. Yeah, that sounds great. So, AJ, I brought you on, of course, to talk about Oregon Trail, but I've known you for a while. I know that you love racing and have done several forms of it. I remember you doing hill climbs, some rallycross stuff and whatnot, as well as, of course, stage rally. But I was kind of wondered, racing, was it, like, in the family blood? What made you interested in getting into racing in general?
1: Oh, no, no, it wasn't in the family blood at all. Although my dad was known for getting speaking tickets at a point in time. (laughs) No, what happened was, is I ran across the YouTube series that Ryan Semancic made, uh, My Life as a Rallyist, at that point in time. And I think 2012 or 2013, when uh, YouTube was dumping money into the Drive channel, Mm -hmm. and they had a budget for that sort of thing. And I thought, wow, you know, that looks like a lot of fun. And if those guys can do it, I bet I can do it. So I went to uh, Rallycross and got hooked. And went, well, what have I been doing wasting my time messing with cars not going racing? And then it just kind of spiraled from there.
0: Quite the downhill spiral it is, because, because you have done several of those other things, right? You you, you did the hill climb, you, you did rally crossing for a while, and then, of course, you had the
1: uh, number 700 BMW. Yeah, so I did rally cross, autocross, hill climbing. I've dabbled in road racing, open track days, and other weird forms of motorsport like um Cycle carts the big DIY go-kart.
0: And the uh, driving
1: trash can? Oh, yeah, that's the cycle cart. <laughs> that's what they call that. Okay. <laughs> that's the funniest damn thing. Yeah, hmm yeah. They're supposed to look like a pre-war race car, but when it's a week before you're supposed to leave and you're working all week and you need a body in a hurry, the closest thing that's shaped to a race car at the hardware store is a trash can. <laughs> is that where that came from? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it was both hilarious and brilliant at the same time.
1: Yeah, and actually, uh, they made a new rule the next year is that all cars must be based on a real car. Ah, uh-huh. I didn't get to bring it back in 2019. That's
0: hilarious. Obviously, you moved up uh, going from one thing to another, going from Rallycross, then into Stage
1: Rally. Favorite moments as a driver so far? Being on the podium on your first event. Well, That was fun. Which event was that? That was Olympus 2019. And I think we got on the podium in second in Open 2. Although there was a scoring problem that year. I think we're actually third. But I remember the guy who was supposed to be in first place coming over to us and telling us that he was going to file an inquiry about the scoring. And my co-driver, who was Alex Mock, who was a rallycross guy and who jumped in last second because my other co-driver had really bad motion sickness. He just kind of held the trophy close to his chest and went, I'm not giving it back. (laughs) I
0: love it. Oh, man. Yeah, I do remember uh, a couple issues with that one. That was unfortunate, but got kind of straightened out in the end. Uh, I do remember, though, the the jump distance, though, at Oregon Trail, and you went frickin' 85 feet. You were just full on it going over that damn thing.
1: Yeah, I gave it as much, uh, as, much as I could at the time. I ended up blowing up that engine, which was the stock one, which made, in that current form, probably 190 or 200 horsepower at the crank. Uh, In Colorado that year, and then uh, I built a bigger batter engine, and that one made 254 wheel horsepower. I was really excited to go back in 2020 because the event got canceled. I never got a chance to jump it, and then the new owner of the car managed 95 feet on a shorter version of Boyd.
0: Oh, still plenty of time to get up to full speed on Boyd. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that
1: car's got long
0: legs. Sure does. What made you uh, hang up the helmet? You know, you volunteered before, right?
1: Uh, Yeah, I volunteered as a radio operator.
0: Okay, so you got your ham, you're a radio operator, but you now take the jump
1: to being clerk of the course. What made you want to do that? Well, you know, it was uh, partly I wanted to see whether or not I could do it. And the other part was it was a point in time where, you know, not too many people are willing to go organizing. And to be an organizer, you have to be smart enough and functional enough to be able to actually do the work and dumb enough to say yes and actually do it. And I just happened to fit the bill. Karen reached out and asked if I wanted to be clerk, and I said yes. And uh, it's been really interesting to see how the sausage is made. It's been a great learning experience, and uh, I've learned a lot.
0: Did you have any idea beforehand
1: what the clerk of the course role involved? I knew generally what they were in charge of. And I've had job descriptions handed to me. But because it's a all-volunteer organization and because each year is a little bit different, you kind of have to be prepared for whatever happens to come your way. Right. And kind of learn to uh, to adapt on the fly as it goes and be, uh, be more relaxed about how things happen.
0: For those that don't know, that are listening to this... Kind of describe the clerk of the course role and how it's done these days. I know it's changed over time as well. I believe the, you know, ARA format of it is a little bit more like how the FIA uh, determines what the clerk of the course does. And and from what I used to know, it's, you're the roads guy. (laughs) You know, you help get us the roads, you help determine the starts and the finishes and some basic stuff like that. But there's a lot more involved, isn't there?
1: Yeah, so there's actually a, a definition for clerk of the course. As defined by ARA, which is the clerk of the course is in charge of all competition, competitors, and competition vehicles, period. Everything stops with them. Everyone who works at the event, all the marshals, all the chiefs of service, chief of technical inspection, what have you, they technically work under the clerk of the course. And the clerk of the course is the final authority for the event. And if your competitor has a problem with their determination, then it goes to the stewards in the form of an inquiry and then a protest. So basically, the clerk of the course,
0: once the event starts anyways, you are the law.
1: Yeah, and you're in charge of you know making sure that um, you've selected the route, you've set the schedule, you've determined where your service areas are going to be, you've picked out where Park Exposé is going to be, and you have sent the schedule to everyone and their mother and gotten a ton of feedback. And fortunately, I've got a pretty good system down so far, and the schedule was pretty amenable to most people, although there's always little things that come up.
0: Oregon Trail 2020 didn't happen. 2021 then gets delayed. But that did give us a little bit of an opportunity of doing a regional rally. We did the Mike Nagel Regional, and you got to be clerk
1: for that, right? Yeah, I did. And, uh, you know, that was a great event. It ran amazingly smoothly and actually probably uh, lulled me into a bit of a sense of uh, false security because of how smoothly it ran. I thought, wow, you know, if you just scale this up for uh, Oregon Trail, it really can't be that bad. And uh, it turned out that the Nationals a whole other beast. Is
0: it the demands of, of the teams uh, so much, or is it just the scale? Because I remember preparing for the event. We were thinking about weather. We were thinking about the fact, you know, we got shorter days. We got 75 entries to accommodate. Then, of course, you then switched to creating a new route book system, which was awesome. But then we got rally. Sa- uh, there's a lot of things we had to throw in there, huh?
1: Yeah. And uh, I mean, we used Rally Master Pro to make the route book for May, and we actually reused some of the roads from May for November. Being in November, of course, comes with a whole host of challenges with the shorter day and the the potential for road damage or the roads becoming impassable due to rain and mud. And so that always adds to the anxiety. The shorter days and the two-day recce definitely has some repercussions from a landowner perspective with how many more people are out on the roads. And I think a lot of it, too, comes from the the differences with the national competitors, because I think there's a certain type of national competitor that presents more of a problem for organizers than perhaps what you're used to at a regional rally. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the people who show up to a regional rally, they're locals. They don't maybe have the huge the motivation to prove that they're as fast as humanly possible. Um, You don't have problems with those people almost hitting civilians, um, excessive cutting, speeding on recce, but that is something you find at the top end of the field.
0: From their standpoint, you know, they want every edge to be the fastest they can be no matter what, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it's just how they're programmed. The stupid thing to me, though, that, that kind of drives me nuts, like, it's the same for everybody. <laughs> so it's like, you, you don't need to. Be obnoxious, uh, in my opinion. As also an organizer, right? It's like you don't need to do these things where you're speeding on record. You don't need to do these things where you're cutting so much. I mean, if everybody does it the same, it's the same for everybody. <laughs> it's not. It shouldn't be a big deal. But yet they try and take those little advantages.
1: Yeah, but you know how they are. They're always looking for that that little bit of advantage, whether yeah. or not it's actually an advantage. If they perceive it to be an advantage, they'll pursue it. Yep. And uh, all it takes is them to like almost run into someone the wrong local on the wrong road at the wrong time, cutting too much, things like that, speeding on transit. In my opinion, I put up with the national guys to let make it so – my friends can go racing. <laughs> That's really the bottom line for me. As far as Dirtfish is concerned, you'll see their media coverage and you'll see the top 10 and then the rest of the field really doesn't exist. Yep. But as far as I'm concerned, I put up with the top 10 so the rest of the field can go racing.
0: See, this is why we all love you. One other thing that I wanted to bring up is I think I may have brought that up when, when we did uh, a review of the Mike Nagel Regional, but we have one new road and almost had a second new road. Tell us about how hard it is to get new roads. There was the one in the Dufer area that we almost, we're making inquiries. And yeah, it didn't end up happening. But explain the fact that we got at least the one that we've now added to the calendar as being should be kind of a permanent thing now, which I think
1: is awesome. Well, I mean, I can't take credit for that road that was found by Rebecca. You know, there are other people that lay claim to it saying that they found it first, but Rebecca told me about it. We've been fortunate that the landowners on that road have been amenable to us being there for the time being. I know we did a lot of damage to Schilling Road uh, in November. So I need to get an update and see how things on that end are going. Let's see. The other road, it's a beautiful road. The one that's in Doofer goes over a ridge line. It's kind of close to everything else. It's got a big sweeping views. It's pretty wide, pretty hard pack, and got a really fast section at the end. But the problem is there's one guy that lives in the middle, and that one guy really, really, really does not like us. So we've tried to be there before, and he said no. And we tried again, and we got another no. So all it really takes is one person— to say no and you lose the road and if i remember right the county even said that's like yeah we'll, we'll
0: give you a permit for the road but as long as everybody along it agrees right
1: yeah mm-hmm. that was the deal with with that county not everybody agreed so we couldn't use that road that's probably our biggest problem is finding roads that's why the event has been migrating further and further east over time i'm not sure it's something that's exactly easy to fix but uh, it's certainly uh hard to keep a hold of roads when you have people out there speeding on recce and whatnot.
0: Yeah, that that doesn't set a good precedence for us being there, that's for sure, unfortunately. Well, let's move on and talk about the event, how it actually came to be. We're getting started, getting ready uh, for Friday. It's getting darker. What are your feelings as the event's about to start on Friday night?
1: Well, just kind of hoping it all sticks together, really. It's kind of funny. You know, you've described Rally in the past as being a traveling circus, and it really is. And... It's kind of hard as one person to keep a track of what's going on from the top of the field to the bottom of the field at all the different locations. So you kind of are blind to how most of it's going day of. It's a ton of work leading up to it, figuring out what they're going to be doing, where they're going to be doing it, and when they're going to be doing it. And then once the event starts, it's kind of like spinning a top and you just got to let it go. And if the top ends up toppling over or running into something, there's really nothing you can do at that point to to fix it besides little corrections here and there. So at that point, you're just kind of anxious because you're like, well, we did all of our prep work. I hope it all works out. And it either does or it doesn't. And then you're left to fix a little bit of it, but you don't have direct control over it like you would for a smaller event. Yeah, I I totally understand. There's just so much going on,
0: especially at the beginning. It seems like there's kind of this mad dash, people just getting comfortable. They're always wanting to talk to somebody, make sure things are all right. And my phone is ringing off the hook on Friday. It, it definitely was uh, a bit of a circus thing. I was, of course, wearing another hat as well. Uh, we all wear multiple hats. Even though you're just clerk of the course, people are going to be contacting you for everything. I, I think it was kind of similar for me. I had all the media people coming to me at the same time that I'm trying to run the uh, shakedown stage. And
1: Well, didn't you have a record number of media people?
0: Yes. 75 had signed up to come out to OTR. Of that, 65 uh, obtained vests. This is more than any ARA event ever. That's crazy. Why? <laughs> right? I mean, th- th- this is the funny thing. Is like, I'm thinking the championship overall is decided. So it's like, you're not getting nationals from everywhere. I mean, so we, we had a good amount of nationals coming out without a doubt. But it's like, why are all these people coming out here? Yeah, we had originally like, what was going to be 75 entries. Uh, I think 69 started. Uh, man, felt so bad for uh, Matt Turner and uh, Dylan Hooker. Oh, that was heartbreaking. On shakedown.
1: Was it bearing? Yeah, rod bearing. Yeah, we blew up in the field three EJ25s over the weekend. Oh, lots of media came out, and I, I hope
0: everybody got to uh, enjoy all the content that's been coming out from that. There's still more to go. I mean, editing takes a while, of course, but there was a lot of people that came out, and that's awesome. We we want the attention for sure, but at some point, it's like this is like too many people to manage. Yeah, you need an assistant, <laughs> right? Yes, but, but I was alluding to you know wearing multiple hats you know I was doing the role of ARAs uh, media management. I was you know of course the guy that put together all the stage boxes. you know we talked about planning for wet weather. there's that complication. making sure you have stuff in the boxes that can you know somehow shield from the wet. all, all the different things you're trying to think of you're trying to get the stuff to the right people uh, that are the stage captains so they can do things right. Just run around like a chicken with his head cut off, especially on the Friday uh, getting all that stuff nailed down. Things, thankfully, for me anyways, calmed down a little bit after that. Still had a, a few meaty people that I that I had to wrangle around and uh, weren't satisfied with, you know, getting the color vest that they got. You know, for me, I came up with a good test. So you want to be that blue vest that you can go anywhere on a stage, huh? You better be able to tell me which car do you have to be out on stage before it leaves start. You better be able to tell me what a green light is and why you need to know it. You better be able to tell me what your movement plan is. Oh, you didn't do recy? So you have no idea what you're doing at this hour? No. <laughs> yeah. You're not getting a blue vest, bud. I-, I was pretty strict on that, but considering how many people were out there, it just made sense. I I, I can't police all these guys, and we want to, of course, have a safe event. If you've been to rallies before, that's great. Then you should know all these things. But if you're saying I've been to, you know, a bunch of drifting you know races and things like that well they got barriers and stuff that's not the same <laughs> no not quite and we just have to be uh, extra careful about that but so yeah so friday uh 69 i think entry started the event a little higher than we've had recently i think but not a huge amount but there's some limitation on how many we can accommodate at least how we're structured now isn't there
1: well our biggest challenge this year has been finding enough service space to accommodate all the teams Because uh, our service areas are not growing uh, and our number of teams isn't necessarily that much higher than it has been, but we're going from, uh, you know, a couple of guys and their friends with a 10 by 20 easy up and a pickup to giant car stacker toter homes and uh, triple axle trailers and, you know, um, rented semi truck tractors and big crews and all this sort of thing. And we don't really have the space to accommodate a whole lot more than what we already are. So we had to cap it at 75. Even if we were at the cap, we would have been really stretched on space, especially on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna say huge thanks to uh, Corey who helps try and figure out that spacing for all those guys.
1: Uh, I think a lot of people don't realize all these different roles of people and, and the work that they have to do to figure this stuff out. Yeah, Corey's amazing because you can just kind of let him do his thing, and it all ends up getting sorted out. Although I think there are a lot of service crews who would like to have their uh, diagrams earlier, but he definitely uh, does a great job.
0: Yeah, and and it's just this weird like puzzle thing because you know the, we have to scatter, especially on Sunday. You know where service is right? It's not just service in one spot it's some of you have to be over here some of you over there no no, it's service in six different spots definitely makes for an added challenge hopefully we can
1: find something a little better for the future that can kind of just accommodate everybody in one space the, the big problem is is that the places where we can go racing that don't have really dense populations also don't have any really big unattended lots that we can use it's not like up near shelton where you can use bits and pieces of the logging system or a, or a giant racetrack to hold your service at. Yeah, the Ridge. Mm-hmm. We have a city park and a field and another field and like a, a parking lot of a closed restaurant and all sorts of whatever we can get our hands on. Yeah,
0: and whether they're willing to let us use. Exactly. It's always a, a challenge there. but So Friday night, uh, no rain. That You know, that was, the, I think, one of the biggest things about the entire weekend was the weather that wasn't. We got really lucky. It was kind of overcast early in the morning as I was driving out to PIR. And you're like, oh, gosh, those clouds, I know they're going to come in. And then the sun came out. And we're like, wait, what? (laughs) The day ended up being totally fine at PIR. No rain at all. We did have still from previous days. We had what there was like massive rain. We had just like three or four days beforehand, right? Yeah, we've been getting pretty heavy rain. Ended up not being an issue. That unfortunately did end up being a problem with the jump. Yeah, it, it was a problem with the jump. And we try and make that as a, as a great spectator thing,
1: but when that thing gets so waterlogged. Well, so the thing with the jump is that the, the where the jump is situated now is situated in a low spot. So it just sat there and got wet all week. And then it doesn't dry out in the one day of like halfway nice weather you get. So uh, it ended up running out really badly and we had to end up rerouting the cars around it.
0: Yeah, and that was a last-minute
1: decision, unfortunately, but you make do with what you got. Yeah, well, we tried. I mean, the jump is a great spectator attraction. I don't know if it's something that we want to continue because it seems to be a recurring issue. I mean, most people don't even go over the jump very fast anyway.
0: Yeah, it really, it's kind of those top 15 probably cars maybe go over it a little quicker. Maybe if you select others, but trying to think of something else we could do that would be a big spectator job. We know that sponsors and whatnot, you know, for our event, which we like to do stuff to make uh, people want to come and see a thing
1: it's coming up with what that thing would be if it's not a jump right yeah i mean like i would love to see a gap jump but that's not really practical no so we're gonna have to figure something else out any of you guys listening you have any
0: ideas let us know because <laughs> we're looking for ideas on how to make something interesting that we can do at pir the the jump thing just doesn't at least as it is right now seems to work about 50 percent of the time if we're lucky so then we head out to uh, Goldendale for the stages out there. I remember driving that night, and it was downpouring through the gorge. And I'm like, oh, man, this is going to suck. It's going to be rainy and windy, sideways rain at that,
1: you know. It was quite the storm on uh, Friday night, driving out to the Dalles, not being able to see where you're going through puddles and stuff. It didn't have me wondering whether or not the forecast was accurate, because the forecast said we're not really going to get any rain.
0: Yeah, we got very fortunate. Uh, Park Exposé was different this year. We had it in downtown Goldendale. Love the community support. I must say one thing I really enjoy about being in Goldendale. The community there really seems to like us being there.
1: Yeah, we're very fortunate to be in Golden Dale.
0: Had all the cars lined up in their old downtown, where they're trying to kind of go through, like, like a lot of um, I think older towns are trying to do, is trying to revitalize their old downtowns and make it so tourists want to come and see it. They got a new mural thing that they've got up, and and want to do more of those. And you know, they've got their old sign that looks like out of the 1950s uh, with like I think it's old like neon lights or something like that on it that that they weren't lit up. But for old Golden Dale and and uh, the cars uh, leaving underneath the arch there, I thought that was pretty cool. The mayor was there, I think, and the city manager, yep. all that mm-hmm. stuff. So very cool that,
1: that they all came out. Yeah, no, it was great. Well, I love being in Goldendale. They're really supportive, especially in the city of Goldendale itself. Yeah, we're just really fortunate to be there and happy to be there this year and looking forward to going back next year. So then we
0: get to the, of course, the the Goldendale stages. I'd say the most significant thing for me uh, for, from the weekend and, and following that was seeing how just on it right from the get-go Brandon Zemanuk was, holy cow. The roads were wet, even though it was, you know, the sun had came out. They had definitely gotten some rain from the days before and had dried out. In that slicky slick stuff, he was just rapid right
1: from the start. Yeah, you know, that's one of the funny things is I really didn't pay attention to the scoring. Not at all, huh? I made sure that everything, no, not really. You know, if I checked, I was checking by my friends way back in the hold you know, the cheap seats but um <laughs> as far as for what was going on at the corny end of the field you know i found out he won and was like, that's great for him and i didn't really pay any more attention to that well i was trying to keep track of everybody and, and and where they
0: performed and it was interesting to see that obviously on the super special stages pastrana edged out the field which with his rally cross background and, and ken block too he's used to rallycross as well and each of them won uh, what, Pastrana won the first stage, second stage, a PIR, I think Henlock won that one. So I was like, okay, that made sense. But then you get to the real stages. And the first one's a downhill of Dallas Mountain down with slick conditions. It's Semenuk that just literally blitzed the field. Pastrana had a puncture, so understandably he lost some time there, like 15 seconds if I remember right. But Semenuk was just flying down that hill. And then you start thinking, oh yeah, downhill mountain biker, makes sense. Oh
1: yeah, that does make sense.
0: And, of course, you know, following the rest of the field as they're trying to go through there. I think another significant one for uh, Saturday that I was watching, the unfortunate expiration of Jeff Seahorn, who was uh, co-driving for... Oh, Flynn? Yeah. Finn Bagland, yeah. They had blown a turbo, I guess, at, out at PIR. The, <laughs> it was funny because Seahorn had came up to me and he said, I hopped in this co-driver's seat thinking I wouldn't have to work on a car anymore. <laughs> he was up till two in the morning helping them replace the turbo. <laughs> So, so much for that. That plan didn't work. Yeah, you get sucked in one way or another. But I think the car was terminal. That failure, I think, had led to other issues. They left at a Park Exposé. I remember that because that's when I chatted to him. But they never made it to the end of the next stage. So. That's too bad. We had a few people go out on Saturday. Not a ton. The stages obviously are uh, are pretty smooth out there. Not a lot of rough conditions necessarily. I was really kind of following, um, was it Leah Block? It was her first uh, stage rally. Just because she's so young, she's
1: 15, 16? Something like that. I I heard that she has a permit, but that her co-driver was driving the transits. Yep, I don't know if that's true or not.
0: Well, I don't know about Washington, but in Oregon, even with a permit, as long as there's an adult next to you, you you should be able to drive the transits, right? I think that's how it works. So I don't know why they'd have to do that switch. She was pretty rapid. She was right up there with the speed of her mom and uh, and maybe even a little faster at times. And I thought that was kind of cool to see her just...
1: Yeah, I believe that on the reseed for Sunday, she had the largest jump Of any competitor moving up 23 start positions. Wow. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, the motor went. That's rapid. Yeah, that's too bad. So, yeah, I
0: was talking to her co-driver, Matt James. I've known Matt for quite a while, you know, had him on the podcast here a few times, and he was super impressed with how she was. She pushed all the time. Was willing to try and find her limits, but wasn't really necessarily going over them. Was a sponge at learning things. She's someone really to watch. I know she's got the block name and all that, but as far as talent goes, he was super impressed. And, and Matt knows people. He's ridden with a lot of quick people, and I think that it bodes well to what we might see from Leah's future.
1: Yeah, that's going to be exciting to see her get faster and faster. I'm sure she'll be way up there one day. Probably not too far in the future. Exactly.
0: It's cool to see such international Stuff coming out to Oregon Trail. Why? Again, I don't know. But we had that Javier Castro guy from Argentina bringing this R4 package on top of a Toyota Etios. I guess it's similar to a Yaris, but it's what they have down in uh, Argentina. It's I guess the bolt. These R4 kits are a a bolt-on package with a sequential and. All that stuff that you can do with different chassis, including four Fiestas and some other stuff. So a neat kind of concept they're uh, running down there. And I guess they're wanting to see if those things are of interest up here in the States. So, mm, Interesting. Then we had all the way from Oman, all the way from the Middle East, we had uh, Hamid al-Wahabi, came all the way from Oman to uh, compete at this event. Maybe we'll see more international people competing at American events. And if Oregon trails one of those they want to do, yeehaw! <laughs> we'll, we'll take some of those guys. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's crazy. The feel good story of the entire weekend of entries, though, was having Judd Hardy back out there. You, you didn't meet
1: him till this weekend. No, I never met him until this weekend. But he's a really cool guy.
0: Yeah, for those of us that know Judd, he's been battling an illness uh, for a long time. But Judd, just super nice guy. Him and his wife Kathy used to drive the the fickle bitch Volvo. Ah, yes. Slinging it sideways, having fun. That car eventually ended up going to...
1: Oh, well, Chase Havinga bought it, immediately rolled it, fixed it, half-raced it for a while, and then sold it to another kid named Will, uh, who has the uh, unenviable problem of not quite having enough money to go racing because he's in school. That sounds about
0: right. But that car obviously is one that that's made the rounds. Uh, it was owned by somebody else before the Hardys had it. But I mostly remember when they were driving it back when I was a volunteer and seeing them out there. And they've been away from rallying for a little bit, but Judd wanted to come out and do another rally. They didn't have a car, but they're trying to figure out what they're going to do to have Garth Ankeny say, You know what? I love you guys, and I want you to come out here and just have a good time. And so he says, Drive my car. I'll crew for you, and the crew that I had will crew for you. Uh, Billy Irvin jumps in the co-driver's seat. Basically, they'd say, you know, use our entry fee. Just have a good time. We just want you out here having a good time. And, oh, man, talk about tugging at the heartstrings.
1: Yeah, it's really something special. It's amazing to see the community come together in that way. Garth is a really good stand-up guy, so it's kind of amazing to see it all come together. But, yeah, it's a really good feel-good story.
0: From the Saturday, we go into Sunday. That's where we get into, yes, the Boyd and the Jump stuff. Um, I had my own little story for that one. I got my
1: first ever puncture as a volunteer. About time. Uh, have you had a puncture as a volunteer before? I had a puncture on recce immediately after going, look at those chumps changing their tire. And then the TPSM light comes on. <laughs> you have to stop.
0: If there ever is a group of people to be around when you get a puncture, rally people are the best. For my story, I was coming up to the start of Boyd for the first running, because that's going to be their first, first two. And I think it was the first stage of the Sunday. So I'm there uh, early enough, Double has hasn't even gotten there yet, but as soon as I get up to the start, they're like, uh, you're right, rear's flat. It must have been just as I was approaching the ATC there. So I pull over, and then I see Double Zero is showing up to the control. I'm like, oh crap, I've got to get moving, because if I want to get out and get parked over by the jump, i got to leave before Double Zero does. Starting to, you know, pull some stuff out of my car. Before I know it, hands are everywhere. People are jumping in. I'm not sure if I even touched my car before it was jacked up uh, out of the double zero car. They pull out uh, an electric uh, gun to take off the nut wheel nuts and just, I mean just everything. Unfortunately, my I hadn't checked on my spare in years. For those of you out there, check the air in your spare. Thankfully, I have a little electric compressor. And so I was able to pump that up to be good enough for uh, driving back out there. It was replaced in no time. Folks out there were awesome to make sure that I still got out there and was able to get parked up puncture ended up being resolved by someone else in our organizing group. Thank you, Ricardo, who had a a really cool patch kit.
1: Oh, yeah, Ricardo's the best. Those little, uh, like, self vulcanizing tire snake plug things are the best.
0: Well, I think that's a new thing I need to add to my uh, kit of stuff to keep in the car. Yeah, they're really handy. It was a big staple. I think it was for holding on barbed wire fence. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of that out there.
0: Live and learn, but some big high-flying jumps out there for the weekend. I must say the standout was Nolan Abel. Yeah. The guy went 80 feet in the SVX.
1: It's just ridiculous.
0: An SVX. Again, let me repeat (laughs) that.
1: Uh, (laughs) a Subaru
0: SVX. You know, I think there's a lot of people that probably don't even know what that is. I I remember when that car came out back in the 90s. And I'm like, Ah, you're dating yourself. Yeah, well, I'm an old guy. You know, it was kind of spaceshipy looking, right? It had like the Lamborghini style little half window that would roll down. Right. But the thing was heavy as a freaking tank and it had no power to go with that weight.
1: That's a really cool car. They were out there on not the right suspension to be flying that far. Remember, I met him at service and he was complaining about his spine, you know, a little bit of spinal compression. And I put them in the car and slammed the door on him. And went I also hate my spine, I don't know, he's got a lot of uh Rally spirit and coming up from Rally Cross. So it's good to see those guys out there. Yeah.
0: That, that was my favorite jump, I think, of the weekend. Ken Block went the farthest. I think he went 125 feet. I made markers all the way out to 140 feet this time because back when we did it in, in fair weather, we had markings up to 120. 20 feet we know Pastrana went farther than that we estimated that it was like 130 or 135 based on where the back tires landed so that was kind of our guesstimate for the longest jump we've had so far out there that we know of they got more downforce on those cars maybe that's why it didn't go as far Uh, definitely fun to see the cars out there flying but we did have to shorten that stage I think a lot of that was because it's just so
1: straight and flat out isn't it I think I was told it was the fastest stage in the ARA championship And the insurance company wasn't too happy about that. We uh, took the option to uh, shorten it quite severely in order to be able to retain it so we could still have the jump. It'll be interesting to see what we can work out in the future. But the average speed is just way too high on that stage. I mean, I like it. Yeah,
0: no, I like it, too. And but they don't. So we had to change it. A lot of people appreciate it. Right. At first, I'm like, going, well, you know, as far as stages go is not the most interesting. You got a couple of interesting spots. But the jump kind of is the thing. See, that's a matter of opinion because that's one of my favorite stages.
1: Is it really? Uh Uh-huh. What part about it's your your favorite? I like going really, really fast. Fair. But what if that's straight? Uh, I don't mind it. Okay. It's not straight, straight. It's straight enough to allow you to go fast, but it does slightly meander around the top of that ridge line and then hang a right and it gets a little bit twistier at the end. But I like big wide open flowing stages because I had a big powerful rear wheel drive car when you can get it
0: all the way up to that top gear and 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 let it really kind of start flying I mean that's the thing that I think is the problem with the insurance companies when it comes to our sport and it's not an easy thing but the thing is like going full speed on something that's straight is not dangerous I mean, unless you have, like, a tire suddenly delaminate on you, I guess, or something. But the reality is, is dead straight is not as dangerous as, in some cases, some 30-mile-an-hour corners with a cliff off the edge, you know?
1: No, we have one of those, too.
0: Yeah, I know. (laughs) But it's funny how they rate the safety... In their opinion of these things.
1: Well, it's impossible to quantify. I suppose when you're an insurance company, you have to quantify everything in order to be able to make decisions. Yeah. Unfortunately, that means that we don't always get to do what we want. Still another good day without rain. A little bit of rough
0: spots. Uh, I remember out on Starve Out, one of the great spectator spots, probably one of my favorites in all of Oregon Trail is seeing the cars careening down the hill at Starve Out and going
1: through the gate. (laughs) Yeah, we certainly had one do a fair amount of careening.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they didn't make it to the bottom of the hill.
1: No, no, not quite. It was Wolfgang in the number 89
0: Evo. That's right. Thankfully, I think their their hit from a a G-Force thing wasn't quite as bad, but it definitely tumbled. They got out of the car and all that stuff, but they were blocking the road, and so they had to actually hold the stage for a
1: bit, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They had to get swept because they were blocking the entire road. Fortunately, I believe they both walked away. The wonders of modern safety equipment, but the car just yard sales. Oh, that bad, huh? Total cartwheel. There's a video somewhere. I saw the onboard. I don't know what the uh,
0: external view of the Crunch.
1: No, there's an exterior video too so results obviously the
0: top guys most everybody's gonna know what those are some of the pastrana block but a little bit farther down you know we had uh posted an earlier podcast mark pietkowski getting his championship ends up second in the combined uh ln4 behind tony Torshi and rebecca rustin that was pretty cool to see tony's car reliable and at the pace that it should be
1: at. I think I heard he had a overnight gearbox change. But did he? Okay. Yeah, so he's been apparently fighting gearbox issues. Yeah, it was great to see them out there. It's amazing to see the map rally team make it this far west. That's not a car I ever would have expected to see at this event. Right? Yeah, all the way from New Jersey. I'm, I'm amazed at just how much effort people are willing to put into the rally team and the lengths that they go to uh, meet their championships and put up with that sort of thing. But yeah, it was great to see him out here.
0: And then on the regional side... Matt brassfield has been just, him and Christy have been just at the top for a while. And they're definitely the team to beat. He said that he's going to be selling this car and going to be building a new car. Going to be doing something with one of the newer chassis to uh, hopefully, I guess, maybe get in on some of the super contingency, maybe. Uh Yeah, this car that they've had, though, they've been consistently just right up near the front. I can understand wanting to, it's like... Need a new challenge. I wonder if they're going to enter as national next time then? I guess
1: maybe you have to to get on the contingency, don't you? You know, I I think I asked that question and I probably forgot. They have amazing pace and a good team. Exactly. So it'll be exciting to see what they can do in a newer, more modern car. Although I have to say their current car seems to have done them quite well as they're always at or near the top of the regional results in this area. I was really, really hopeful for Chadney. Oh, man. He He was leading the NA4s. And then didn't. It was kind of amazing to see how high up he got on the reseed for Sunday and to be working in O-Control and see quarter million dollar R5 cars go by. And then here comes this beat looking GC way up in the start order in front of a brand new STI build going way faster than it has any right to. Uh, Yeah, and it was really sad to to hear that they had engine issues right after the penultimate stage so heartbreak total heartbreak totally need.
0: yeah the Chadney's car Chadneed
1: his crew guy made stickers that said uh, I guess you could say I got hashtag Chadneed and someone stuck one in the middle of his windshield <laughs> when he was getting towed back
0: yeah <laughs> Oh, I got to love the Rally family. Oh, yeah. There's definitely a history there of uh, Chadney and Motors, and you want those to go away. You don't want it to be a problem. And, and you can tell it was doing so well all the way up until the end there. Hoping that the next time he'll definitely be right up there. Uh, Josh Gearman ended up uh, coming up first in the NA4 wheel drives, with Spencer and Peter Crabb coming in uh, third overall and second in NA4.
1: Yeah, Josh Gearman with the new flat six and the new livery. Doing great out there.
0: And seeing Spencer get faster and faster. I remember when the Zebra car, the Orange Zebra or whatever you call it, I used to think, oh, man, come on, push that car a little more. You're not very quick. And now
1: he's pretty damn quick. Yeah, they've got a pretty healthy contingent of NA four-wheel drive, Subaru GCs in the area. They all service together. They run about the same speed, and they're really competitive.
0: That's always just such a fun group to be around. And then great to see uh, Chris Miller winning the open two-wheel drive and uh, the Focus doing well there's been some
1: reliability issues in the past and whatnot the car held together yeah they've had heartbreak a couple times with some really nasty motor issues but it seems to be running pretty reliable now so fortunately they're doing good one of my other favorites was julian sabo and Stephen harrell julian was in the
0: fiesta st owned by roberto iglesias they used his car oh to compete yeah because julian's r2 yeah Mm mm-hmm it Lost its motor back at LSPR. Oh, that's right. And so they needed an event car for this event. Didn't have a new motor in the other one. And so uh, ended up uh, renting this one out. They were
1: flying in that thing. They were doing really, really quick. Yeah, Julian really likes that chassis. And he seems to be able to always find good pace in them. And it's great to see him out there because, you know, it's hard to find a better person.
0: Kind of going through the list. Cooper Anderson. Young kid, he keeps getting a little
1: faster every time. Yeah, yeah. He's got a a brand new first event co-driver. They've managed to build really impressive pace right out of the gate. So hopefully they'll be able to continue increasing their speed factor. We'll see them at the very pointy end of the regional field, probably sooner rather than later. What
0: was a favorite of those that were running in the the lot that you were following?
1: Oh, well, my crew guy bought a car. The guy who's been uh, service crew chief for me, Eric Fentress, he bought... The Toyota Yaris that got sold out of Canada, uh, which was known as a rice pudding his first ever rally. So he bought bought that car for a steal, had to do a lot of work to it to get it legal, cage modifications, fire suppression, all sorts of stuff. And they got it uh, put together and he had amazing pace. He moved up 12 start positions from dead last and was faster than a whole host of more powerful cars, even turbo four-wheel drive cars in the Yaris. So fast that he was starting to give his new co-driver problems with keeping up with the notes. So it'll be really interesting to see what he can do in that car and maybe see him move into something even faster in the near future. That's so cool. Yeah, he's having a blast. Um, He and his co-driver, Chuck Brazier, were having a great time and always had smiles on their faces. And they uh, won the novice Award for OTR. Out of all the brand new teams for this event, they were the fastest in the Yaris. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see what those guys can do. It's just really fun because that's uh, that's why I'm here, so my friends can go racing. It's just really rewarding. And apparently you uh,
0: trained your crew chief to uh, end up becoming a driver and no longer crew.
1: Well, I don't have a car anymore, so uh, I guess I can crew for him now. Uh, I did lend him my big jack that he always complained about and then promptly instructed... His crew guy to complain about how heavy the jack was to him instead. <laughs> Overall, I'm trying to think of how
0: many total uh, finished out of the 69 entries. It's still like 50.
1: Well, this is why sneak attack rally exists, Mike.
0: Yeah, I know, I know, and I've got it up here. There we go. So we have 54 finish out of 69 that started. And as far as uh, DNFs and and whatnot for events concerned, that's actually a pretty good ratio. That's uh, a higher finishing rate than I'd say the
1: typical average is, which is really cool. Yeah, it was kind of amazing that we didn't have, like some events have nothing but problems with uh, people crashing, mechanical problems, really rough roads and stuff like that. But for the most part, this event seemed to be fairly easy on cars, and uh, we only had a couple cars get written off, so not bad. No one got hurt significantly, and so everybody's happy. One
0: of my frustrating ones was seeing Dave Clark come out, uh, because it was right by the jump where I was, the car didn't jump that much on the second run through. Next thing you hear, the car sounds weird after it lands, and it just pulls off over by the uh, where that spectator area normally is, and you're like, oh, something's not right. I caught him when he was on the trailer. Turns out he thinks he just, because he didn't go flat out on the jump this time and didn't keep his foot in it, he didn't push in the clutch. When he was flying over the jump, and he thinks that, you know, when he got back on the throttle, you know, maybe at the, at the wrong time or whatever, basically he threw a drive line. Oh,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens
0: sometimes. Oops. <laughs> Put the clutch in when jumping. So there we go. Dave Carpatian, he lost a wheel. Some great video of that, uh, him coming out of the Great Horseshoe with one wheel half sideways out of the back
1: of the car. No, I missed that one.
0: Oh, yeah. I think Melee has the video on that one. Ah, okay definitely exciting to see a car finish the stage with one wheel just kind of at an angle and not rotating yikes unfortunately they weren't uh, able to get that uh, resolved and, and him back running and i think they were going to try and come back in but it didn't end up happening so and then like i said motor issues for a lot of people it's just more mechanical stuff than it was accident stuff
1: there were a few uh, even people that broke their car at pir and got one stage in and then decided to stop racing so they wouldn't blow up their car anymore. I'll stay up all night and try to fix your mechanical issues and just give up. That happened to a few people. There's only so much you can do in that amount of time.
0: I guess the big off we had was uh Kyle Tilley, unfortunately, in his R five. Uh him and Martin Brady. Yep. Thankfully they're okay, but we're out here where there's lots of hills and things and
1: be a long ways down. And the car was a long ways down. Yeah, well, you know, on Sunday, I think they found the place with the biggest exposure out of all the stages that are run on that day to go off. <laughs> right. And I've heard a bunch of different theories about, you know, what could happen. I'm just grateful they're both okay. I also heard that was a brand new shell. That shell had never completed a rally. Well, it still didn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one way to look at it. Like, we're just we're happy to see Kyle out here. I got to get him on the show. He's already said he wants to come on and and talk about it, but This guy drives everything. He wants to drive anything and everything and loves this sport more than anything. It's just cool. I I love that enthusiasm and the fact that he's got the backing to do it. Yeah, that's great. The guy's living the dream. All right, so wrapping things up. What was the uh, most rewarding part of being this clerk of the course once it all came down to an end?
1: The most rewarding part was when Jacob and Maribel made me a sash that said clerk of the course in really big letters and then surprised me with it on Friday night. Oh, it was amazing.
0: That was the best. And that is definitely going to be the picture we're using for this podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I totally didn't see that coming. They put a lot of effort into making it. And uh, it really meant a lot to me. That's probably... My favorite memory is just walking around Park Exposé on Friday night and all all my friends kind of just their jaw dropping when they see this sash of random strangers coming by and going, nice sash, as they walk by. That yeah, It was a good time.
0: What would you tell uh, other competitors when it comes to, you know, maybe considering helping organize?
1: The, the fact of the matter is, is that you don't have to do everything if you're going to volunteer. We definitely are in need of more people on our organizing committee. I don't think there's a single rally. Anywhere that could not use more help, especially experienced help from competitors, that competitors should be active to help shape the sport and the sport that they want it to be, and that there's definitely opportunities for people to be able to help out with things that they don't have to worry about during the weekend so they can actually go racing during the weekend. But we always need help or advice or people to proofread things and stuff like that for the rest of the event or for the time leading up to the event. So you know, any help that we can get is appreciated, especially experienced help. I think we had a few people who volunteered to help be marshals after their car or if they're a co-driver, their ride had uh, blown up. So we always appreciate that. We're very thankful that in the sport of rally, uh, we tend to take care of each other. So there's uh, a lot of people to step up, although we could always use a few more people willing to step up
0: yeah it seems like even though our organizing team is seems rather extensive you see the count of people it never seems like it's enough
1: no it really isn't especially towards the top it gets pretty thin karen jankowski our chair has done an incredible amount of work really kind of unfathomable the amount of stuff that she's willing to put up with in order to make it so that you can go racing Uh, everyone needs to say thank you to her and also um, people like uh, ricardo castedo who is our chief of controls who pretty much single-handedly put on PIR by arranging things that the city wouldn't because they were on furlough from not having a vaccine. Oh,
0: that's right. Yet another thing that we had to deal with last minute, because it was like the Monday before the event that we found that out, wasn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, they had a vaccine mandate. And if you work for the city of Portland, some, and if you weren't vaccinated, you got put on leave. So these people got put on leave and now there's no one to call and rent Uh, pop-up lights with generators and arrange for hay bales uh arranging things at the track and a lot of that stuff had to be done by us and so ricardo was the one who pretty much took it on all single-handedly so that was really amazing and just you know everyone from our stage captains to our marshals um the amazing e-crew and also um the radio guys with uh chris hale our net control and brian morris our chief of communications It's really our event runs so well because these people put in the hours to make it run well. We're really thankful to have them and it'll be a great loss when they leave.
0: How many hours do you think you as clerk of the course uh, leading up to the event put into it?
1: Probably half a dozen to a dozen weekends and about 100 hours. Yeah. And I got off easy compared to people like Karen.
0: Yeah, I was going to say Karen probably put in oh double that. At yeah. least, you know, I mean, just the email communications alone probably is four hours a day <laughs> leading up to the event. Yeah, it, it can be all-consuming.
1: Yeah, it, it really is. It's a testament to the, <laughs> to the willingness of these people to put up to that sort of thing that the event goes on. Exactly. And goes on as smoothly as it does.
0: But then when it all comes down at the end and everybody has a good time and you're celebrating, you realize that, you know, all the, all the work was worth it. We all commiserate together about
1: it and, and find improvements for next time. Yeah, you know, you have to have that kind of internal drive to want to see things go well, to uh, be able to see things for what they are and make improvements and go go from there. Um, But yeah, it is really gratifying to see everyone having a great time.
0: So for you, you've sold your rally car. That's right. And uh, it's kind of going a little bit off topic here from the event. But are you planning on getting another rally car or doing
1: something else? Well, I still have both of my kidneys. So I think uh, (laughs) buying and fielding another rally car out of pocket is out of the question for now. Uh, part of the reason I stopped is that somehow my savings account kept getting smaller and all my paychecks kept disappearing. And I was still behind paying for truck parts and trailer parts and like car parts and tires and lodging and fuel and entry fees. It's expensive, and, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, the way I was running events, two, three, four thousand $4,000 an event. And then, you know, car prep and stuff creeps up on you too. And I was getting to the point where I was going to need a fair amount of car prep to get everything back going together. So, Uh, I made the decision to sell the car, found a great new buyer for it. He's put a lot of work into it and effort into it, seems really excited about it, loves the car. I'm really glad I got to see it go to someone that enthusiastic. And then I sold my big trailer, and I've also sold my 240Z road race car, and my project car, and my recce car, and uh, I bought an airplane. An airplane. An airplane. Mm -hmm. Which is
0: a, a great segue to something we've seen quite frequently, oddly, when it comes to the rallying community, is this weird airplane pilot mix with rallyist
1: thing. <laughs> yeah, well it's uh you gotta know the rules. You've Gotta know how to take care of your machine. There's a fair amount of skill involved and a lot of dedication and they're both horribly expensive. So it all kinda it all kind of fits together. I think it makes sense.
0: I always like to tell my
1: wife, I guess that the sports I like are always super expensive and dangerous. Yes, yes that's that's pretty much how it goes. Um, I was advised the only more expensive thing I could do was to buy a horse. So I think I'm going to stay away from that one for now. (laughs) Fair play, fair play. Um, So tell us about the plane you bought. bought a 1968 Aero Commander Darter 100. It's a small, four-place, 150-horsepower, high-wing, tri-gear airplane. Um, It's more of a trainer type. Mm -hmm. It's basically the great value TM version of a Cessna 172. They were cheaper than Cessnas even when they were new by a couple thousand dollars. And nowadays, they command about $10,000 less on the used market. Oh, nice. So I was able to purchase one of those, and I've got a mechanic who's helping me put it back together. But unfortunately, the only thing I've learned so far is how to let it sit and spend money on it. So hopefully, uh, I can get over that hump, and uh, it's got you know re- rebuilt magnetos and all new uh, high-pressure fluid lines and stuff. And uh started on the training pretty soon, because I think I'd like to take one of my rally friends, a guy you might know, Ian Morris— and go to Oshkosh next year by airplane. Oh my, that is a definite bucket list is to go to Oshkosh. Yeah, that's the goal is to uh, get my license and uh, get some mountain flying and spot landing experience and then pack everything in the airplane and head east in July. So we'll see how that works out.
0: Wow. So, So that's the other thing is you bought an airplane, but also do not have your
1: private pilot certificate yet. Well, so when you are taking uh, pilot training, you have to juggle your schedule, the instructor's schedule, the weather, and the airplane schedule. And if one of those four things does not line up, then you don't get to go flying. The other thing is that you have a fair amount of investment in the (laughs) airplane rental. So I thought to myself, if I'm going to even kind of justify Mm -hmm. buying an airplane, it makes sense to buy one just right out of the gate and then... Basically, the money that I would have spent renting one to get my license, I can apply that towards the purchase price of one, and that helps the math work out better. It still doesn't work out very well at all. It's a ridiculous idea. No, it doesn't. No one should do this, <laughs> but I wanted to, so I did it anyway. You know,
0: I was happy enough renting planes at uh, 125 an hour wet.
1: Yeah, um, I was looking at 172s, which is a four-place, and fifty or uh, 140 or 150 horsepower, mm-hmm. 165 horsepower at like 150 to $165 wet. Yeah. It just it adds up so fast. I can justify it, because, uh, but still, it boils down to you do it because you want to do it. It's just like going racing. There's no money in it at all. Yeah. We've already reached that
0: accomplishment, and uh, it's a joy to be able to have that skill and ability that so few have. And I can't wait to talk to you after you solo, because that experience is something special.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm really looking forward to it, and it does feel like such a frivolous thing to do, but... It hit me that I really want to go flying with my parents. You can always justify to save the money. But I thought to myself, you know, we only have so much time. And I've spent a lot of time racing. And I think it's time that I spent some more time traveling, uh, traveling to other rallies. And also to uh, reach this goal of being able to go flying with my parents while we can all still enjoy it. Because you never know what's going to happen next. And uh, that was the big motivating factor for me was, you know, I can do it. I might as well do it. Because I can always make more money later, but you don't get back the time.
0: Actually, I did want to ask about one other thing. Speaking of another Ian, I know Ian Morris, but do you remember Ian Holmes, who
1: used to... Oh, yeah. Yeah, the model train guy. That's right. So I was going to ask you, are you still involved with the uh, model train club? I am. Yeah, actually, it's model train season right now here in November. Me and my dad are heading back to our uh, model train club this weekend to go help out with their open house. Oh, man. I've been wanting to see that setup. It's supposed to be pretty amazing. It's really cool. It's kind of funny because it's like a time warp in there. It feels like it really hasn't changed that much in a long time. So it's, it's a really nice place to come home to and see all our friends and hang out for a day and spend a day running trains and helping out with the, the open house that pays for the club's operation the rest of the year. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. And you definitely should come and check it out. And uh, Ian should too. He should. Uh, I was going to try to drag him out here for OTR 2020. He would be my co-driver and then we'd go mess around with model trains but that didn't work out so he should still come out eventually and we should talk about model trains large and small i think we should make that happen for sure
0: well thank you so much for uh coming on the show talking about oregon trail look forward to working with you again for the next one man
1: yeah yeah no, it's gonna be a good time to Assess what we did right and what we did wrong and go from there and just try to make it better good luck on also uh hopefully we'll uh hear about that solo flight soon too i'm working on it <laughs> All right, bud. Have a good night, Mike. Take care. Thank you.
0: And now we get to hear some voices from the Oregon Trail Rally that I recorded at the end of the first running the Mary Hill stage. First up is the driver of Team Fogawi Zero Car, Lee Sorensen, followed by Travis Pastrana, Brandon Semenuk, Ken Block, John Coyne, and all the way from Oman, Hamid al-Wahibi.
2: They are great today. They are in better shape than they were last May. I really love Oak Flat uh, backwards.
1: It's awesome. The new stage, Great Horseshoe, is my very favorite stage on this rally now. <laughs> awesome. It's so cool.
0: Hey, It is just even driving on recce, man. I, yeah, I love that one. It's really good, really good, really good. <laughs> and everybody's behaving out there? Uh,
2: so far, there's been a few apparently who have broken things, like somebody broke a motor on the first stage this morning. So anyway, uh, you know, whatever. We're, we're working good
0: and having fun time. All right, go to service, have lunch, and uh, we'll see you on the next loop. Sounds
1: good. Thanks, Mike. Bye, guys.
0: so, surprised. oh my gosh, we had so
2: much time. such a blast. Uh, the, I really want to do tarmac tires, but with the power that we have in this car, these tires, we're just linking drifts. I don't know if it was fast, but it sure did feel
0: cool. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, we're gonna trail through everything at you today, every type of stage.
2: Uh, man, we got vlogs. Seminuk, he's just that mountain biker. He's used to downhills and mud and slick and cliffs, and uh, we'll pick it up. It's yeah. been a rough day for us. But which
0: is your favorite so far?
2: uh amazingly this tarmac stage right here this was we just linked the quarters flowing the whole way again i don't know that it was fast but we were foot to the floor sideways it was fun, <laughs> Have fun out there, TX. i really enjoyed the first stage of the day that was just i mean that's my kind of stage it was uh, it was really fun and then obviously the new stage for she was uh but it was a lot slippier than I was expecting, so yeah, like you said, mixed bags, some dry, some slippery, and uh, yeah, we're just trying tarmac, and we'll go back up to some pretty slippery stages here pretty soon, so. (laughs) How was that stage? Uh, It's fun. It's just such a great variety to have that in the mix of stages today. I really enjoy it. It's going to be a mess later on, but... (laughs) Travis, I and Brandon were cutting all over the place, but that's what makes it fun.
0: Yeah, I mean this th- today has a little bit of everything, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Technical stuff, fast
2: stuff, tarmac. It's really uh it's a good day of racing at Bradley. Awesome, well good luck out
0: there. See you. See
2: ya Actually that was that was just a, a blast. It's a hoot, isn't it? Just drifting, drifting, drifting. That was
1: amazing. <laughs> They are fantastic, man. They're really fast and fun to drive on. Unbelievable. Even this little stage here with the tarmac, it's brilliant. You know, just, just like a race track, you know, and very continuous. Really enjoyable to drive. Uh, my favorite is the the one before this. I really love that stage. Oh, oh, flat. Through the valley and it's yeah, brilliant. yeah. I mean, they're all beautiful, no doubt. And guys,
0: you're doing a good job. You know. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thank you. For our next group from the end of the Mary Hill stage, we have Javier Castro, who came all the way from Argentina in that uh, R4 spec car. Dave Wallingford, George Plasek, Mark Pietkowski, Tony Torsia, and Rebecca Rustin, and Dave Clark. Bueno, Epic and technical and fast, huh? Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying it. Have a good day. Thank you. Oh, jeez. They've all been great. Um, you know, the uh, Oak Flat Reverse, I really like it in that direction. You know what? There, There's something about the downhills and the uphills and that just work better that, that direction. Yeah? I don't know what it is, but it's been a blast. Uh, yeah, great variety, great stages, so. All right, yeah. have fun. We'll see you when it gets dark. Yeah. Oh, it was pretty
2: fun it's good the first the first stage of the service was amazing super fast this was super fun right here
0: except i made a little mistake at the end Do so you fun. like it running uh oak flat in that reverse direction yeah it was killer it was awesome a lot of people keep saying they they seem to really like it that way yeah it was, it was really good awesome well maybe we'll have to keep it that way Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right good luck let's see ya crazy man uh it's stages like i've never seen before like i think i told you before i saw a tumbleweed go across the road i've never seen a tumbleweed in my life before but these are flat out stages you know the, i've i've never really rallied on stages that are two and a half car width wide and it's something to get used to east coast is very narrow um and this is just different it's just yeah. another kink in my armor so yeah. it's i'm, I'm having, having a blast it. i'm having a blast awesome that's the important part Yep. good luck to you later Good, good, uh, I had a diff controller failure right before the start of the stage, so we really will drive up the hills. pretty fun. <laughs> so but, you just drifted through every corner? Yeah, we, it actually felt pretty good, we'll see what the times are, but we'll go back to service and see what we got going on. All right, well, hopefully it didn't affect your time too much. Yeah. Hi, Rebecca! Hi, having fun? Thank you, of course. <laughs> That's the important part, see you later. Thank you. Bye.
1: My tires were in good shape before I started, I think. Now probably not so
2: much. <laughs>
0: Just <laughs> unfortunate because I don't really have that many tires, but it was worth it. That's the way to put it. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> but overall the day's been good so far. Oh yeah, real good. Yeah, awesome. it's been uh Yeah, we bent a control arm, got it fixed, back on the road. Good, fun stages. I like this way better than in the spring personally. Really? Oh yeah, no dust, no heat. Loving it. Alright, well maybe we'll have to consider that. Alright. See you later. See ya. <laughs> In our third grouping from the Mary Hill stage, we have Josh Gearman, Phil Wern, Spencer Crabb, Alex Chadney, Todd Hartman, and Andrew Rivas. Oh, good. Yeah? yeah? We, uh... We uh, need a little bit more power. We're having a tuning problem, but it's still having a blast. Thank you. Alright, well, this this day, it gives you a little bit of everything, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, it's fun on, on actually on gravel tires to do that stage because you slide all over the place. <laughs> did <Do laughs> you put on a show for the fans? Oh yeah. Oh, almost yeah. almost put on too much of a show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we'll be safe and have fun. Yeah, you too.
2: That was fun. Yeah, did you enjoy it? Yeah, we're having a blast. Dale's mountain down. That was fun. down, yeah. huh? That that one, the view. Even though you shouldn't be really be looking out That's the what window, I was gonna it was say, awesome. You shouldn't be looking, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't help it, but yeah, it's, it's a blast.
0: Every every stage today has been awesome. Oh, that was awesome! You know, so much gravel gets pulled out though. I kind of liked it though because you know what the car is going to do instead of just understeering off the cliff, you can kind of control it a little bit better. So I like put, that. Did you put on a good All show ahead. for the fans? <laughs> hopefully. So hopefully there's a video floating out there somewhere. So I'm hoping so too, or uh, just some good gravel flinging photos. <laughs> yeah, me too. So yeah, good day so far. So far, so good. Transmission kind of synchro going into third is is a little rough, but. Otherwise, I don't know. They're working on the commitment still, throwing it in a little bit harder to corners, and it's been a lot of fun so far, so. Always learning. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Good luck out there. Thank you. Thanks. Fantastic. Yeah? Yeah? We are uh we're on a whole new pace. That nah, is so good to hear. Yeah, we're we're holding uh first place pretty comfortably now in our class, so I'm that is killer. It. Do you yeah. have a favorite of all the stages? Because quite the variety today. Oh god, I love them all. Um Oak Flat felt really good to me, but this was this was fun just drifting around all the corners. You're the tenth person to tell me they love Oak Flat in that direction. It is, it's so much more fun that direction. People told me there was a lot of lot of gravel on the pavement and it was more than I expected. Yeah? Go a little oh, yeah. sideways? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I uh, was going a little slow and then I was just hooking every time I saw gravel, just catching the lip and kept it in as much as I could. There you go. <laughs> so, was it fun? Oh, it felt great. Yeah. No, I, I had a lot more weight transfer going to some of those corners. It got a little more sideways than I wanted to, but yeah, it worked out good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go fast, have fun. Oh, yeah. See have a good one.
2: a great time yeah that was a lot of burnt rubber on that
0: yeah it looked like it, it, it I
2: smelled it on the tires
0: it was fun <laughs> were you silly sideways for the fans
2: yeah tried to do. a lot of rocks on the road got thrown out you know people taking it inside off the pavement
0: yeah threw out a lot of
2: rocks makes it a lot slipperier
0: do you have a favorite of the stages today yeah I would
2: say it was oak flat
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> very fast <laughs> And continuing on with our voices from the end of the Mary Hill stage, we now have Lars Wolf, Dave Dufresne, Julian Sabo, Alex Ramos, Matt Tabor, and Lucy Block.
2: Today's been actually really, really good. The car is finally getting dialed in. Uh, We've got a new staggered set of tires that we're playing with a little bit and some mud cuts looking for the weather because expect anything here, but we're having a freaking blast. Love all these stages up here and uh you know thanks to everyone to freaking get us here and yeah we're going for it i have to say i'm i'm gonna so go with uh, oak hill flat reverse it's absolutely a,
0: a straight up blast awesome good to hear man <clears throat>
2: car's down on power a little bit, but we're going as hard as we can.
0: All right. I know you had the charge pipe issue earlier. Absolutely. Is that still resolved now or still a little bit? We softened? got it fixed, but we think we have to go change the
2: plugs. Maybe when the charge pipe plant, the plugs got fouled. Okay. So I noticed gonna... you're
0: having trouble time just leaving service. Yeah, that's exactly what we're going to do. Okay. We have spares, so we're going to set them. All right. But well, good we... luck out there. Thanks and uh good clean run the next time, man. Appreciate it. See Thanks, y- Mike. Y- It's not an R2, it's an ST. Oh, it's an ST. So this just an ST, okay. Just an ST, like it's slow or something. <laughs> it's a proper no, no. ST, though. <laughs> it's really nice. It's Roberto's car. That's right. Forgot about that. So how's it been, though? It's awesome. Yeah? It's really fun. Yeah, I really enjoy the twisty stages. Yeah, this one? Or you put uh, the previous th- one? This, this
2: one was fun, but the horseshoe was the most fun.
0: Great horseshoe is the most fun. Okay, so that's interesting. You're the first person to say that. All the folks have been saying that they like Oak Flat Reverse, so. I, I like Oak Flat Reverse, but I, I prefer the horseshoe. Oh, well, I'm with you because uh, just wrecking that one's fun. Yes. <laughs> All right, have fun. See ya. see ya. It's been
2: good. Um We're just really excited to just doing this Mary Hill. Um we We're hooking the inside and it was just on rails. Like you could see where people tried to Kind of go a little wider to get
0: rid of the dirt, but we were even further in from the dirt, just hooking the asphalt. And man, we carried so much speed through those corners. It was so nice. But... You put, in a show, put on a show for the fans? Oh yeah. I mean, we were, we were knocking all the bushes and stuff. I think the, the volunteer right here just pointed out a bush in my grill, <laughs> but uh,
2: yeah, it's been fun. Um, we've been taking a conservative just because um, it's slippy.
0: The speeds are really high and the braking zones, you never know how, how rough or how uh, loose they are. So, but we're doing good. We're leading our group. Uh, Now you know for the next uh, loop out there. Hook it some more. There you go. (laughs) Some more hooking in the future. Thank you. (laughs) Have fun. We'll see you. All right.
2: It's been fun, it's been a good day We were, um, Danae's super on on the notes today And, and we're just, uh, we're really in sync And things are going really well, nice and smooth We're not
0: a fast, but that's alright, we're having a lot of fun Thank you And, uh, yeah, so, that was good So I hear a lot of people, the road's just so dirty They're just hooking it to the inside and yeah, just playing Everybody's, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 There's, there's a couple of places where you can get about Three-fourths your car off the road And, and you know, just to hook <laughs> hooking it Yeah, absolutely yeah. Do you have a favorite times. so far? Of the stages, I love horseshoe. I love horseshoe, it's a fantastic stage. There's been a a couple of votes for horseshoe, but 90% of people are saying that the reverse now of Oak Flat is like the best. That one's good, that's good. Horseshoe is like super technical. I love that. Yeah, I just got a little bit of fast stuff at the top, and then you drop into the technical stuff. Yeah, well, have fun out there. We'll see you when it's dark. Thank you, guys. Bye.
2: That was so much fun. Yeah, so fun.
0: Is this one your favorite so far? It was pretty fun pretty fun. Yeah, I
2: mean, it's forgiving. You stay on the inside. You're probably not gonna, you know, it's the chances are less that you're gonna go off. So it's safer. Exactly. But it's fun.
0: Yeah, I think everybody's been saying that's like, you know what? It's so polluted out there. Just hook it on the inside oh. and have fun.
2: Even if you do, you're still sometimes going out, but it was really fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it sounds like you're having a, a, a good time out there. Your yeah. time's looking pretty good, so. Yeah, I'm <laughs> having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep pressing a little more, yeah, a little yeah. more every time, There's right? There's room for improvement. <laughs> yep. Have fun out there. Bye-bye. See you when it's dark. And in our next grouping from the end of the Mary Hill stage, we have Steve Greer, Kristen Tabor, and based on the start order, because I got things a little bit messed up, uh, I forgot to record who it was, but I believe it's David Alspaugh, then Jason Mume, Tim Wickberg, and Brian Heidsink. Oh, we're having a blast, of course. That's the most important part? Oh, yeah, most important part. <laughs> Favorite stage so ran far? across the Japanese guy, Yeah. Really? has got a
2: buddy, got a picture of the car, just like this with Mount Fuji in the background. So he was taking a bunch of pictures of this and he sent them to his friend in in Japan. That is very cool. cool. All right,
0: have fun. See you, Steve. I should send you my in-car. Is it full of giggles?
2: Yes. You have no idea. Thank you. It was a bit of help me Tom Cruise, help me Oprah Winifrey at the end there.
0: There is a lot of people that have been just giggling through this one.
2: There was, okay, this one, yes, we're gonna we're gonna push out, and then there was oh no,
0: no this one we can't. Because there's nothing over on the outside. So yeah. we're just gonna not slide at all. We're gonna we're gonna be careful around this one. But this one, yeah, no, this one we're gonna push. Oh oop. <laughs> Well, you made it through. Okay, now great. you get to do it in the dark. <laughs> That's a- that was actually probably one of the scarier stages I've ever done. Uh, (laughs) because you just don't know how many marbles are on the pavement. I've been hearing that. And, uh, yeah, you kind of gotta- you kind of gotta get somewhere between knowing for sure that you're not going to go over that edge and, uh, carrying some speed to have, uh, momentum for the next stretch, so. Awesome. I think Dow's mountain down. Uh, just the- Sounds like it's smoother than it used to be. Oh, yes, uh, compared to Mike Nagel in the spring. Uh, real smooth, fast sweeping. That rough section I think is smaller now, which is great. Uh, beautiful stage, really. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you guys have a good day. Thanks, man. We'll see you later. Doing good. Yeah. Quite, quite the variety good. today. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Fighting the car a little bit this weekend. Uh oh. What's it doing to you? Replaced the rear bearings yesterday, and now my kill switch starting to have electrical problems. <laughs> so we'll so, see. I hate uh, that kind of crap. Take it back to service and see what they can do. Well, they changed two bearings in between uh, shakedown and the uh,
0: stages last night, so I have faith. All right, Thank see ya.
2: Mike. Yeah? Pretty good. This one, uh, all the front runners dragging all the dirt on makes it uh, slippy, sliding mess in spots, but uh, other three stages so far have been amazing. It's been a real good day so far. I think sections of that was Oak Hill uh, were really nice. It's a little wider. Um, great horseshoes, fun, but narrow, and in rear wheel, that means I don't quite have the spot I want to let the rear end out at all, so I just have to kind of keep it nice on so rails. So. Because it's tight, yeah. Still moving, still thicken, that one and check engine light hasn't come back, so count that good. That's very important. <laughs> all
0: right, guys, have fun. We'll see Actually, when it's dark.
2: This is the most fun I've ever had in my whole entire life.
0: Now that is, that that's a good uh, description, man. Really? can I say? Really?
2: I'm telling you, and it's true. So imagine doing something that's the most fun you've ever had imagine that
0: that is so cool was it just specifically this stage here or is it just this whole it's rally in general yeah it's rally
2: in general and it gets even more fun the better at it i get
0: that is so cool so
2: imagine doing something that's the most fun you've ever had in your whole life and you get better and it even gets more
0: fun (laughs) it just feeds on itself it just
2: gets funner and funner
0: i can't stand it that's so cool (laughs) all right see you later we'll see you when it's dark thanks bye And in our penultimate grouping from the end of the Mary Hill stage of the Oregon Trail Rally, we have Leah Block, Mercha, and I'm not gonna pronounce his last name because I always mess it up, Jeff Kalawiak, Jacob Sturgeon, Henry Gillowiles, and Richard Nile. what did you think of this last loop? Oh, I don't know because my car is like not working. Oh no! It feels like there's like a spark plug out because when I'm up in the higher RPMs, it just starts to die, ball down, so. Just trying to nurse it through the stage. Well, you got a service. Hopefully, they'll fix it. Yeah. We'll be back at it. Yeah. Has Leah block? Yeah, it's bogging down. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely an issue. I'm sad we didn't get to use the tarmac tires, but the yeah, but drivers work too. it's the same for everybody. Plus, with yeah. how much pollution there's out there, would the tarmac tires help? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think it would, for sure. Yeah? Yeah. Well, but at least you're having fun. Absolutely. That's the important part. he has been, been great. The weather couldn't be happier, right? We were fearing snow and stuff, so this is yeah. pretty good.
2: Yeah? It's it turned out pretty good. Yeah. Right, I think we just lost second coming up the hill.
0: Oh. Uh, think you think they can fix it?
2: I don't have an extra gearbox, but if you know anyone who does, bring them around. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's quite you the service part there. Hey.
0: Yep. <laughs> well, I'll make sure so, that you get going no, now. But no, the day's been great. It's been a lot of fun
2: and yeah. uh, well organized, so we're having a good time.
0: That's the most important part then, have yep. fun. And picking up speed. <laughs> Thanks. See
2: you yeah, that works In other words for me, we're, we lucked out. We didn't earn this weather whatsoever doing
0: an event in November. Right? Yeah, we're so lucky. <laughs> Getting yeah. uh, more dialed in with the car and all that? Yeah, the, the tune from PRE and the suspension rebuild made this car make sense, and now I love it. You yeah. saved it, now I love it. Now yeah. you get to start pushing. Yeah, I'll start pushing. We didn't loop it.
2: <laughs> last time we ran this, the, the last time this event ran, the the second corner, that hard left. Oh, yeah. Yeah, looped it right there.
0: But not this time.
2: No, no, it's because I did choke like a mother.
0: That's the way to do it. That's yeah. It. <laughs> Was it fun? Yeah, it's always fun. It'd be better with tarmac tires, but yeah, it is what it is. The amount of time it takes to switch that around though. It's I'm nice to be able to just do it all in a loop. I'm
2: glad that we didn't do that remote tire change stuff. Yeah. Anyway, gotta See you go.
0: later. Stages are good beautiful weather can't complain and fans fans are back and Isn't that's like that the so highlight cool? yep and there's quite a few of them it looks like yeah
2: we've I... been giving them a show silly sideways that's right horseshoe is good it's pretty muddy but
0: it's good and dallas mountain downhill is always a blast yeah and
1: this is fun <laughs> so insane. pretty much all of them yeah thanks mike <laughs> see you
0: later see ya. and finishing up our voices from the end of the Mary Hill stage at the Oregon Trail Rally. We have Jeff Castro, Justin Nelson, I think it was Eric Frentress, who was in the little uh, Toyota Yaris that uh, was our rookie of the rally, which uh, won an award for that one. Then we have uh, Voices from Service, where I caught up with Matt Brassfield and Ryan Dunham. It's mega. I mean, this is our first event and it's our home rally and it's a heck of a way to start uh we had an interesting
2: uh previous stage on oak flat got a little, little over optimistic into a corner but uh we spin we got through Ooh. it and um yeah had a good fun run here
0: but man i mean this is like a lifelong dream for us to do this and we're so That's lucky. so cool so and we're doing it here in oregon which is amazing so
2: yeah i, I love it too. mega <laughs> and this car is so fun to drive
0: it, so. it looks like it's a kick in the pants <laughs> it
2: is so fun there's great sounds and it's got great
0: balance so i'm i'm loving it so your first rally, right? Yes, sir. How's it been out there? It's been great. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we had a, a little bit. I think our notes are a little too fast for horseshoe for a couple of stages because we. This is our first time. My first time writing notes too. But I mean, we made it out alive. So <laughs> that's the important part and then you just start making improvements right yep exactly oak flat was definitely my favorite so far yeah I mean, it was nice and f- open and you could actually feel a little bit of speed so awesome. I enjoyed that yeah I've been hearing that a lot from folks excellent well I'm glad yep. you're having a good time we'll yep. see you later Here, Mike.
2: see ya that was great we had a little time off by the side of the road in that last stage yeah oak flat yeah yeah, we decided to stop and have a picnic yeah. <laughs> until, until someone could tow us off the,
0: the earth. You know? Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, but you got a little yanking back going again, huh? Yeah. Well, other than that, it's been going splendid. <laughs> That's what we want to hear. Yeah. Glad you're having a good time. I'm well, having a great time. Yeah. Have a great day. We'll see you later. I just
2: heard, confirmed my theory, of Dallas, the Dallas got, yeah. got graded, so there was less rocks on yes. Mike Nagel. So smooth, it was just perfect had the car pitched perfectly every corner. We hauled ass. I think we hit 116, 116. which is our record. Saw. Yeah, that's the highest we did. And it was just amazing. The car did exactly what I wanted it to do every time. Kind of speechless at this point because we just hauled with way too much booty. <laughs> we're using new gas. We're using Sonoco E85R, and it's not burning this fast, which is nice, too, because we used to use just pump propel, and it would burn up way too quick. So we're happy with how the gas is holding up. Really thankful that there's no big rocks anymore out there. That I was just too treacherous in years past and I didn't like it. But this is like the greatest rally ever so far. Awesome. the weather's perfect, surface is perfect. I couldn't ask for a better one, honestly. So what about uh, the next day to that uh, great horseshoe? That one was good too. We had a little fuel cut issue cause we were running low, but the surface was good there. We took that one scary corner pretty easily. And then right after that, we just, we boogied all the way to the end. And I really liked the, the addition they added on like an extra mile and a half yeah and that was awesome because that extra mile and a half is like wide pristine flat out yeah and it was amazing That's so nice. you like that fast. was a great stage yeah that was a great <laughs> stage too
0: that last right hand corner is amazing i square right yeah super but it's also like nicely groomed and perfect mm-hmm. yeah so you kind of i yeah. think you ditch hook the front right into it right
1: yeah 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 <laughs> it was great It's good though. Nice brisk morning, brisk stages. Gets you up. You don't need coffee for Dallas Mountain Down. That'll wake you up. (laughs) If you weren't awake before the stage, you
0: will be awake afterwards. (laughs) We're not pushing hard, hard, but it's still going quick. Trying to stay ahead of Enda, keep him up in the championship for the RC2. For John, that will be good. What'd you think of that uh, great horseshoe stage? Tricky, very tricky. It's the
1: first stage we noted, so some of our distances and, and corners were a little different than some of the ones we had notes from 19 and, and updated, so
0: it caught us out. Not caught us out, but challenging challenging stage, and uh, hopefully on the second pass we can hit it a little harder. Awesome. Well, good luck on the next pass. Thank you very much. All units, we are finished. Bring your spanner guard uh, and come on up for lunch in the Subaru truck and thank you to aj for taking the time and to our supporters melee design firm and of course oz rally pro and also a huge thank you to our audio producer that's derek johnson love he's the one that makes this Rallycast podcast sound so good all those little music interludes and uh, other bits uh putting it all together that's all him now so uh thank you so much derek i'm your host mike shaw and remember please don't speed on Rekki and keep it shiny side up <laughs> I'm <laughs> have